Thank you for joining Resurrection Lutheran Church this Sunday morning, giving praise with us for God's blessings of music, prayer, and scripture. I, Pastor Karen Perkins, will be sharing a message of grace, forgiveness, and hope. All of the worship leaders welcome you. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God whose teaching is life, whose presence is sure, and whose love is endless. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have knit your people together in one communion in the mystical body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Grant us grace to follow your blessed saints in lives of faith and commitment, and to know the inexpressible joys you have prepared for those who love you through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Amen. children's message, we're going to talk about Elijah. Elijah was a man of endurance, and he traveled in the hills where he came to know God. God asked him to go to a place called Zarephath. At that time, there was a drought, which is something that we don't know a lot about here. It doesn't happen often in a rainforest. 
But when there's a drought, there is no rain. There is no water, the plants die, uh, and people have a hard time getting food to eat, which was the case here. Elijah probably wondered, how would he survive in such a place? But God told Elijah, there would be a woman there who would feed him. When Elijah arrived at the town, he found the woman who brought him water to drink. But when he asked for food, she said, she only had a handful of meal in a jar and a little, uh, and a little oil in the jar. She said she had only enough to make something to feed herself and her son. Elijah told her, don't be afraid. God promises that the jar of meal and the jug of oil will not be emptied until God sends rain and the plants begin to grow again. And that is what happened. The woman was able to feed Elijah and her family for many days. Now, miracles can be difficult to understand. But perhaps the lesson for us in the story about Elijah and the woman is not about the miracle, but that God provides and cares for each one of us in ways that we don't fully understand. The story reminds us to learn to trust God, as Elijah and the woman did. That is our faith. Let's pray. Dear God, help us to trust in you. Help us to trust in your promises and your plans. Amen. The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench, because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did not I tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you have sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. And can I have Amanda the stool there? Right about next to the font. Thank you. So I jotted down some of the losses that I am aware of that people are living with now, people in general. I'm not naming specific 
uh, specific people, but we know that uh, these are things that a lot of people experience. And I filled two sides of an index card and was still going. Oh, did I just, hello. Uh, we know that millions of people have died from COVID-19 and variations in the United States. Almost, is it almost a million? Uh, in, in Alaska, it's um, not quite 600 yet, I believe. Uh, and maybe you know people personally who have died from, from, uh, from either the virus or complications due to the virus. But there are, are deaths that are associated that can't be counted. So deaths from inactivity, deaths from uh, isolation and neglect. If we don't have stimulation, if our brains aren't fed, we die. Our brains die. Uh, I know people who have re reduced access to medical care and, and have, have th therefore died. And that's just stuff that's COVID-related. The, the three people that I put on the, the um, memorial list for, for uh, today, one died of ALS, one died from, uh, you know, long-time illness that uh, was being managed very well before COVID and could not, no longer be managed well during COVID. And uh, somebody I went to elementary and junior high with who um, died a violent death. Um, that's just my three. And, um, and, and Donna Peel, of course, who lost to cancer. Then we know that people lost jobs, which is a type of death. People lost employees. Nobody can get employees anymore. People lost their businesses. People have lost relationships. There's a lot of migration going on now. People who are either moving from, especially from Alaska, moving to the lower 48 so they can be closer to their people, or planning to spend more time in the lower 48 closer to their people. We know that after disasters, a lot of people in the helping industries migrate. Um, and so we're, you know, in some cases, these are neighbors people have had for 50 years. And that's a death. We've lost opportunities to go to um, entertainment. We've lost, some people have lost housing. Some people have lost their independence. Um, some people have lost a whole year or more of education. And not everybody can make that up. One of the losses I think that, that we sometimes set aside to deal with later is that we, we've lost the opportunity to gather for some major celebrations and milestones in our lives, for, for, for weddings and baptisms and quinceaneras and, um, and memorials when we need people. We've lost travel. And then on top of that, we have political losses. And regardless of, of who your candidates are, there were, there were losses in last year's election. Not just from, from the candidates who didn't win in their race, but also so much turbulence 
around the politics. And then there's this ending of the war in Afghanistan, or ending of our participation, which is, is vague and complicated for a lot of us, and is important for us to remember because we're also recognizing Veterans Day this week. And veterans, a lot more people are surviving military service now, physically, and they come back with a lot of emotional and psychological injury. And we're not really good at dealing with that. I'm listing all of these, and these are just the ones that I came up with you know, before I filled up my card. Because grief is one of those things that if we don't tend to it, we carry it and we pile the next grief on top. And then we pile the next grief on top. Anybody who's, who's been uh, an athlete or if you do, do major exercise, you know that after you do the exercise, especially if you're muscle building, what do you do? Rest. Rest so that you can recover. After you have a really hard week, you rest so you can recover. Well, for a lot of us, we went on full, full power, thinking that you know you can you can you can really work extra for a really finite period of time. But when it starts to go on and on and on, there's no recovery time for just loving and trying to survive. And the grief piles up. I'm trying to be a bummer. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to um, point out some of the ways that maybe you noticed or maybe you didn't and invite you to think about what are the griefs in your life that might be piling up. And what are some things that you might do to start to attend to those griefs? It won't go away by itself. We know that. And I actually believe that's why this story that we hear is divided into, there's actually two separate chunks of the story that we read as it's told in John. There's the Mary going to, to Jesus, grieving and saying, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. Jesus, Jesus showing up and being greatly disturbed and moved and being jeered at by those who said, well, couldn't he have saved Lazarus? And Jesus actually weeping. Really profound way that it's stated scripturally. Jesus started weeping. I believe that part of why Jesus, part of why this, this story is separated is to show that Jesus came to weep with the people that he loved, to grieve with them. Because so many, so much of the language that a lot of us use around death in you know, contemporary North American society tries to skip over death. 
let's just skip over death, get straight to resurrection. Let's skip over death and get to recovering. Thinking better. Let's, let's, let's get, get to celebrating, you know, how a person's been in our life. Well, or whatever it is that we've lost. All of that is good unless we use that to skip over death and imagine that it doesn't exist. Because it does. Jesus overcomes death. But we are not in that new Jerusalem yet where death does not exist. It does exist. And here Jesus comes to be with those he loves, to weep with them. That's not only an invitation for us to experience Jesus coming with us, but a model for us when we are encountering loved ones who are grieving. We need to weep with them. I I have told people in the past, if you can't cry in church, you're at the wrong church. But a lot of people, and Lutheran's not known for showing a lot of emotion in public, might not feel comfortable weeping publicly. But then find people, find people to weep with, and know that when you are loving somebody who is grieving, nothing you can say or do will make it better, but you can be there and grieve with them just as Jesus did before he got to the calling Lazarus out. Now, when we get to that part, we know that this is very similar to a what story? Okay, this should be super familiar imagery here. Um, There was a stone lying against the tomb in the cave. Um, There was already a stench. What's what's, what's, the Easter story? Yes, so it's a foreshadowing of the Easter, Easter story. When Jesus is present with the community, because Jesus keeps saying, I told you. I told you that if you would just believe, you would see God's glory. And so this is the experience here where Jesus is still still with the community. And showing very similar circumstances. Lazarus wasn't, um, a criminal wasn't, wasn't crucified. But the resurrection part, similar. So that people could see, yes, this is this is, this is possible with God. And he says, this is so that other people get it. Keeps doing that. This is so other people get it. Because I know you're going to, I know God that you get it. One of the things that I think happens in our lives if we don't attend to grief what, what, whatever it is that we need to grieve is very similar to actually what happens with Lazarus in the tomb. He's already been there for four days and it's already stinking. Yeah, Lazarus stinks by now. That's, that's what happens when bodies decompose. What? It's already stinking. Well, if we're hanging on to stuff, whether we're hanging on to, to burdens or whether we're hanging on to brokenness or whether we're hanging on to self-deception, whether we're hanging on to 
isolation from God. Thinking, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna handle my, my grief over here, and then I'll go back to, back to a community in Christ, back to talking to God when I'm done. That's gonna stink, metaphorically. So not only am I asking you to look at, okay, what, what, in your, what in your life, what are some of the griefs that may be piling up? But also, are there, are there behaviors, brokenness, either brokenheartedness or sinfulness in your life that is stinking already? That is, is contaminating your environment. And that makes it seem like maybe it's gone past the point of recovery, which is what they were also saying of Lazarus. You know, there's no mistake going on here, it's been four days. Because before that, you know, maybe, maybe it was a mistake. In order for us to hear that, to hear that call, to be released from that, a stone has to be rolled away. And some, sometimes, I tell people, sometimes you're the stone, which means you need to get it out of the way. Sometimes you're the one in the, in the tomb. Sometimes you're the one weeping on the outside. But the stone is rolled away by Jesus, and then Jesus says, calls Lazarus out, and then importantly here says, unbind him. Loose him. Set him free. So once you identify these pieces of your life, bring them to God. Let Jesus grieve with you. Let Jesus heal with you. Let Jesus see you in all your stinky, badness, brokenness. Whatever's the worst thing about you. Because you know God does see it anyway. But let God be present with you in that. So that then you can be invited out of the tomb and, and hear this unbind, unbinding. The freedom from being stuck in that tomb. Because Lazarus is going to die again. It's kind of a bummer, I think. But going to die again. But that's what we're talking about when, when we're then being called into the new Jerusalem. It's the then and... Now, a little bit, then fully, that we're going to get to see this resurrection, get to look forward to this resurrection, get to experience little resurrections in our lives, and trust in the promise that one day, one day, yes, we will be with all the saints that we're naming in the new Jerusalem. That's not where we start, though. That's where we hear God's call. So whatever is binding you, just hear God's invitation to be unbound and set free. Eternal God, you hold firm amid the changes of this world. Hear us now as we pray for the church, the world, and everyone in need. Merciful God, we give thanks for all the missionaries who have brought your message of hope to new communities and wiped tears away. Continue to raise up courageous missionaries to share your gospel of hope. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. Creating God, 
We praise you for abundant harvests and the goodness of creation. Create communities of care on your earth so that all land, water, and soil will be celebrated and cherished by future generations of saints. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. God of peace, we give you thanks for nations of peace that serve as a refuge for all whose homelands are afflicted with violence. Strengthen those who continue to work for peace and support all veterans who carry the scars of war. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. God of healing, we give you thanks for health care workers who labor around the clock to answer cries for help. Bring wholeness to all who struggle with post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, depression, addiction, and all who long for healing in any way. Hear us, O God. God of justice, we praise you for the feeding ministries and for all the meals that bring people together for nourishment and fellowship. Bless chefs, bakers, servers, dishwashers, communion assistants, and healed ministry coordinators. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. God of wisdom, we pray for all those who serve in ministry, especially Bishop Elizabeth Eaton, Alaska Synod Bishop Shelley Wickstrom, Bishop Terry Brandt of our sister synod in the Alaska Southeast Cluster, Pastor Karen Perkins, Thornton Memorial Lutheran Church, Wales, that they continue to be formed for the sake of the gospel. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. And for what else do the people of God pray? For all people on, at national borders, regardless of their role, that they would experience compassion, safety, peace, respect. God of the ages, we give you thanks for the saints of this congregation who have inspired, challenged, loved, and taught us. Wipe away our tears and lead us by their example until we feast together on your holy mountain. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. God, our protection and strength, we entrust to you, all for whom we pray. Remain with us always, through Jesus Christ, our Savior. This is the part of our service where we lift up our gifts to God. We offer ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Members, of course, are encouraged to give our regular tithes and offerings through an assigned number, and we have regular vehicles for doing that. You're invited to go to our website and use PayPal or one of the other donate buttons that we have on the website. You can make a special offering to the RLC on KINY ministry, which helps keep this on the air, or to the RLC food pantry, or to Juno Live, which helps with community outreach. You're also more than welcome to come by in person or make a food donation. We encourage people also to be involved with the community and appreciate volunteers. All of these things are gathered together in song and prayer. God of abundance, you cause streams to break forth in the desert and manna to rain from the heavens. Accept the gifts you have first given us Unite them with the offering of our lives to nourish the world you love so dearly through Christ Jesus, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. 
gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us announce together the mission, the mission of, of Resurrection, Resurrection Lutheran Church is to promote spiritual growth in Christ and service to all people. People of God, you are Christ's body, bringing new life to a suffering world. The Holy Trinity, one God, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go in peace. The living word dwells in you. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. This has been an abridged worship service of Resurrection Lutheran Church. You are welcome to join us for worship in person on Sunday mornings at 930. We are located at 740 West 10th Street in downtown Juneau. Our phone number is 586-2380. More information about our location, parking lot, current COVID policy, and other contact information is available on our website at rlcjuno.org. The website is also the best way to learn about what events are happening with the community outreach ministry, Juno Live. With a vital food pantry, bell choir, quilting group, Bible study, and others, there may be a ministry here just for you. Come and see.